Thank you so much to our sponsor of today's episode, Morgan Morgan Fitness. You can reach out to her for all your fitness needs at Morgan Morgan Bonafide on Instagram or MorganMorganFitness.com. All right, guys, we have an interview question before we get started today. Listen, pause, and then answer for yourself. Do my morals align with this organization or title that I'm going for? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Crowning Moment. Today, I have a great new episode for you guys. We are doing a play-by-play of the 40th Miss Teen USA competition. I want to start out with just kind of giving a little overview of my thoughts and impressions, and then we'll get into what actually happened at Miss Teen USA. For Miss Teen USA this year, I was still trying to understand what this hashtag pageantry reimagine meant. So I did, you know, a little Googling and I Googled what does pageantry reimagined actually mean? And according to Bloomberg.com, it was one of the press releases for the 71st Miss USA competition and had all the information of how to watch. They said, pageantry reimagined is more than just a new approach, redefining moment in a generational shift. Okay, let's just pause there. A redefining moment in a generational shift. So does this mean, you know, I'm kind of asking you guys to think about this a little bit with me. Does this mean that they're now going with more of our Gen Z millennial vibe Or, you know, what is this redefining moment? I have a few, you know, things I'll throw in at the end that I think may be redefining, but okay, let's continue. It continues on with not just for the contestants, but for the industry. It's an actual one-of-a-kind Gen Z and millennial life experience that can catapult them into future stardom. Do they think that everyone wants to be an influencer Everyone wants to be this red carpet walking famous person? That's my question. Is that what they really think? Pageantry used to be being that person in your community that's giving back. And with Miss USA, one of their biggest things they used to do was smile train. I want to know exactly how many actual smile train events that these girls went to in the past two years. Or the last year. I want to know exactly what they're doing with that community service space. If this is, you know, pageantry reimagined, are we getting away from the community service? Does that not matter anymore at all? Just a few things to think about. All right, let's get started with what actually happened at Miss Teen USA. This was the 40th Miss Teen USA, and I wanted to go ahead and take note, with Crystal Stewart being the president of the Miss USA organization at the moment, She also owns Miss Brand LLC, as well as Miss Academy. The mission of Miss Academy is to elevate the status of women in society, beginning on the individual level, showing them the entirety of their potential and giving them the tools and access to utilize it through pageantry. Their vision at Miss Academy is committed to translating traditional value through pop culture. We envision a society in which every girl across cultural borders can become her best self through life and image education. With hands-on training and pageantry, guiding young women globally to love their individuality, discovering their talents, 
and knowing how to best present themselves and owning every aspect of who they are. Miss Academy will be a part of the history of female success. Currently, they have two locations, one in Uptown Park in Houston and the other one in Los Angeles. They are planning to have more Miss Academies coming near you. I heard through the grapevine that there's supposed to be one in Georgia coming, but I don't quote me, don't. I just got it from an inside source. I'm not sure, but maybe. Miss Academy is a pageant consulting, interview prep, walking, you know, one of those different things that they have able for anyone out there in pageantry. It's not just for the Miss USA girls, but I wanted to go ahead and say how many teens that I found, that I found on Instagram and social media that actually went to Miss Academy, and let's see where they placed. The first teen that went was California teen, then North Carolina teen, Minnesota teen, Michigan teen, Montana teen, Texas teen, and Wisconsin teen. So just keep those in the back of your mind as we go along with this episode for who actually went to Miss Academy before they went to the competition for Teen USA. Now, they did do, you know, prep work, I know, with a lot of the misses as a group at all of their different, you know, vacations they went on. But these are girls that went out of their way to pay money. And there could be a few that I'm missing. Some girls may not have posted, but this is all that I could find from social media from just looking at the tags of Miss Academy and what Miss Academy actually posted. We'll jump into state costumes for teens. The third runner-up was Wisconsin, and she, it was like the bumblebee, sunflower vibe, but she looked amazing. I really love this outfit. It was very unique, very well thought out. North Carolina was an emerald gemstone, and it was really pretty. When you look up close on it, you could tell that the outfit wasn't as, this sounds bad, but expensive as it was looking on stage. So whoever created her costume really knew what they were doing with how to make it look on stage versus in person. They did a really, really good job with it. and It was beautiful. I loved the headpiece of it. And I'll post these in the Instagram post so you guys can see like a little montage of what their outfits looked like from the state competition. And then the winner was Oklahoma. And I want to I'm pretty sure that she was an oil person, like an oil rig. <laughs> she had this like whole wooden thing that she walked out with and it was like a, it literally looked like a base of an oil rig where the pipe comes through the center. And she had this really cool black beaded hair. It was really, she really thought this out, but I just, maybe her sounding of, you know, her caption of her outfit was great, but... I would have definitely maybe not picked her first. I would have reversed this set and done Wisconsin first, then North Carolina, then Oklahoma as third runner-up. I was kind of interested, but, I mean, that doesn't even touch the Miss competition on the baffling of that. So, teen, you know what? I'll give it to you. That's fine. All right. Let's hop into the top 16. Let's talk about who I assumed would be in top 16 versus who actually made it. So my picks for top 16 were Arizona, Connecticut, and I just want to add, Connecticut looks just like Lauren Norris from Alabama. She's a YouTuber. She'll have an episode on the podcast coming out soon, but they look very similar. They could be like cousins, very similar. So Lauren, if you're listening, girl, you're beautiful and you have a double twin. (laughs) Okay, so I had Arizona, Connecticut, Georgia, Hawaii, Minnesota, Nevada, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Alabama, California, North Carolina, Mississippi, New Jersey, and Arkansas. I 
did my research before starting, you know, my picks of top 16. And I also had, you know, some inkling that Ohio, which is Kylan Darnell, was going to have the most people choice votes because of her following on TikTok. Was I wrong? No. She had the most people's choice votes, which is backed by paying for your spot in the top 16. This is not new to pageantry. Everybody knows it's a thing. It's just, you know, fan favorite, people's choice, whatever you want to call it. You're donating money for this person to be in the top 16. Kylan Darnell, beautiful girl. I I love her TikTok. She's one of, you know, the new rising stars from Alabama Rush. I was just not, I was not getting that, I hope you're having a great day, not just a good day vibe of her on stage. I don't know if it may have been the pressure of this new spotlight she's walked into, all of this influencing and fame that she's gained in the last, like, six months. It may have been a lot mentally, and so I don't really know what was going on with her, but you could tell something was a little off, and I don't think that that's what hurt her making the top 16, but, or the actual top 15, but I do appreciate all of her TikTok fans really standing behind her and helping her out, getting her in that People's Choice fan favorite, but the only reason why I know that she didn't actually make top 15 is because I went and was counting, you know, how many per people were this many votes behind her, and I know that her TikTok following really, 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 really helped her get into that. Because the backup for money would have been Massachusetts, and she didn't make it in the top 15 or top 16. So I knew that Kylan had to have had the fan favorite vote, which they later on said she did. Okay, so for the top 16 that I picked, the actual top 16 was Arizona, Florida, Kansas, Nevada, Iowa, Ohio, Georgia, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Hawaii, California, Michigan, Nebraska, Idaho, Tennessee, and Oklahoma. I straight up missed Florida, Wisconsin, Michigan, Nebraska, and Idaho. Basically half of your top five. I don't know what happened. They must have just had killer interviews because on stage, I'm gonna be honest, they were all either maybes or no's. Like I just didn't. And even when I did you know, going back through as they did their, you know, their first impression look in the little white opening number dresses, I didn't, I still didn't pick Nebraska. And I feel bad because I went and did some deep diving on her, and we'll talk about that more at the end of this episode of, you know, what she's done in the past, who she is. I just, I didn't see it. I was, you know, with doing all this pageantry stuff, I feel like I should have saw it, but girl, I missed something. I missed it completely. I missed the mark, but okay. So let's get back to, that was our top 16 official picks from Teen USA. The one thing that I didn't understand from the prelim competition was they had the girls compete in different order. It wasn't alphabetical. There was like a W mixed in with the A's. Mississippi was dead last after Wyoming. I was just really confused. And so if someone could help me understand that a little bit better, they just said it evens the playing field. But I don't think that even the playing field, evening the playing field is keeping them in the same order that they're in the entire time. It honestly just confused the absolute mess out of everyone watching. And you're like, do I know my ABCs or am I crazy if you started it halfway through the show? It was just very weird and how they described it in the beginning was something along like you know from the girls I have done so much this year that's where they placed in the doing th it was a weird explanation so it's like well did Mississippi not do anything her entire year because she's dead last like you're gonna even the playing field why mix them all up why does it matter what the first girl does why does she need to go last didn't make sense to me but it's fine so 
After they called the top 16, those girls, quotations, take the runway in their white opening cocktail dresses by Giovanni. They were basically giving a hint away this whole time of what those opening number outs were going to look like because of the commercials that Giovanni did with Elle and Brianna about they had jumpsuit versions of it. And so I wish I would have dived and, you know, I'm going to be more quick, like, thinking with those because they're almost doing, like, a Taylor Swift moment of her, you know, having a specific nail color means that her next soundtrack is going to be this color. So I need to really look into that because Crystal Stewart really was doing something with that. She was really trying to be a Swifty on us and I didn't I didn't even catch it. So they took the runway and from that I was like, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. Maybe, maybe, maybe. So I just, you know, I wasn't really sure what they were going to do after that. So they did fitness and then they all did evening gown and then they did a top five chat with Elle. So they went from the top five in all of, they all had their interview outfits on and so they immediately took it from 16 to 5. That was the most stressful breakdown I have ever seen. They weren't even live on television. I don't know why they took it down so fast. They could have done a top 12 just like they did for Miss Night for finals. Like, I, I didn't get that. I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is awful. So the top five that they picked were California, Tennessee, Michigan, Idaho, and Nebraska. The only one that I even picked would be in top five was Tennessee. My original top five was going to be Arizona, Georgia, North Carolina, Oklahoma, and Tennessee. That was it. I wasn't catching anyone else in there. Like, I was shooketh when they didn't even call Georgia or Oklahoma. Oklahoma, she was a former high school America. Georgia won America's Ideal Miss their first year, and then she competed at Georgia because that's allowed in that system, and she won. Like, on stage, 110% Georgia won. On stage. I don't know what her interview looked like. I'm assuming that's what held these girls back. I know Oklahoma had competed at least three or four times in Miss Oklahoma Teen USA before she actually won. I was just, I was shocked. I was so shocked shocked and let me just back it up I was shocked that Minnesota didn't even make it into the top 16 like she had to be number 17 or thrill number 16 I guess I don't know she had to be right there and I was really sad because she had been killing social media all year long I was real sad but so they have this sit down chat with Elle and they're like you know it's just like prep questions they weren't judged they were just trying to get you ready and what drove me absolutely bonkers the whole time, I wish you could see me right now, I'm like clapping with it, it drove me crazy, was Idaho, she is the most, they're all beautiful, the most prettiest, cute little thing. She kept trying to be very pageant patty and give them the answer they wanted for these fun questions. They really want to get to know your personality. So ladies out there or men, whoever's listening, if they are doing fun prep questions, be your true, authentic self. I cannot preach it enough. Please, 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 please be your true, authentic self because this is going to really prep them for your actual interview question because they'll see, you know, can she get serious? Can she hold her ground? Can she go by her morals? What can she do in her real serious question? Versus how is she going to act an, at a random, you know, appearance out there as Miss Teen USA? Is she going to crumble and be awkward? Is she not going to butt in and say what she needs to say? Or is she going to be very, you know, I believe that this or that, 
yeah, and this or that. No, you say, girl, I'm going to eat me a McChicken, and I'm going to enjoy my time. Now, don't be crazy and say some crazy stuff. But also, there was really something funny that the guy over Road to Miss USA talked about California. California, one of the questions was like, you know, would you rather reuse an outfit or be sustainable or something in one of the funny questions and she talked about how she balls on a budget because she's a college student but he mentioned she was like girl you walked in I don't know if it was Prada or Louboutin red bottoms but she walked in with some fancy expensive shoe and he was like yeah you ball on a budget for sure girl don't lie you're bougie just own it it was so funny I literally was dying it was great it was so great but they go through these prep questions with L, which I'm still kind of iffy. Even Deshauna Barber, former Miss USA, was like, I'm not really liking this whole sit-down panel, have fun chit-chat. It just wastes a lot of time. Like, let's just keep rolling. You know, give them, give them a fun question and then have them come through and do, like, a serious question. That's cool. Whatever. So, for this, they their actual questions were asked to them in their interview outfits for the top five. So California's question was, what isn't learned online? I did like little spark notes of these questions, guys. I was typing as fast as I possibly can. But California, her question was, what isn't learned online? Like what is something that you can't just learn from the internet? And she said, respect. It's taught in your communities, in your family. And I thought that was a great answer. So that was that was an interesting one. So I was like, okay, so they're going to ask, you know, more teen questions. I'm like, okay, cool. They're not going to ask about all the craziness going on in the world right now. It's just kind of what isn't learned online. Tennessee, bless, bless her heart. <laughs> I was expecting so much more out of this sweet little girl. And she just, she kind of missed the mark a little bit. And I was really, really, really sad because this is such a stressful moment. I can't say that I would get up there and be able to, I'd probably have word vomit. I don't know. But it is such a stressful moment. I felt really, really, really bad for her in this moment. Because I'm like, dang it, I really wish you could have won. Because she really could have taken the whole daggum thing. Her question was, why aren't teens taught basically more enough about finances? And she said there aren't, they aren't shown enough resources I would have said something more along the lines of, you know, implementing something into classrooms about teaching people how to write checks or get, you know, registered checks by the banks or teaching them even, oh my gosh, like I know when I started at my my professional job, we had a book club and they taught us about, I can't remember who it was, but it's one of those like finance guru guys and like that would be the thing is, you know, like having teens in high school or even like a freshman year class having these financial classes as a mandatory. That's what I would have said. You know, why aren't they being taught more about finances? Well, because it's not mandatory. That's that's a really good answer right there. So I felt really bad. Tennessee could have had it. That was a tough question, unexpected, but you got to be ready for anything at these big pageants. Next one was Michigan. I, another that I did not see coming in, but she had a different look to her. I'm not sure what her, what her ethnicity is, but she's beautiful. Just don't get me wrong. She's beautiful. She's really cute. Didn't see this one. Just didn't see it. Didn't see it. Her question was, if teens get news from social media, how do they actually know it's true? And I pause for a second and I'm like, you know what? I get my, most of my media from Twitter, Snapchat news. I don't even have cable at my apartment. So I was like, you know, how is this girl really going to answer this? Because most kids our age don't have 
cable. They just don't. They don't. They can't afford it. It's too expensive. Or if you have like YouTube TV, you're buying it for a specific reason. You're not buying it to watch Fox News or CNN or NBC, ABC, or the local channels. You're just not. So her answer was that she verifies her, basically verifies her news from the people around her, like her friends, and using TikTok. Now I can say I use TikTok a lot. And there is some good stuff I've learned from TikTok. How to clean my dryer, how to clean my dishwasher, like different things like that. Now, news-wise, the only thing I get from there are those like murder mysteries and stuff like that. But they specifically ask, where do teens get it other than from social media? And she brought up TikTok. Like, girl, did you not know TikTok was a social media? Oh, I cringed. I felt so bad. But, I mean, I understand getting it from other people, but also other people. Honestly, today, can you really tell what is actual news if you're not even there on the crime scene or they're at it happening? No. So, it's a really difficult question, but that's one that you got to look within and be like, how am I really going to answer this? For Idaho, her question was similar to, how do you not have your eyes on your phone all the time? Like, what are you doing to not have that? And she talked about using screen time, which being a tech person, that is one of the best tools that I think Apple has ever implemented into one of their phones. I, even she said, I didn't realize that I spent X amount of time on my phone. I used to spend 10 hours during COVID on TikTok. That is scary. That is really concerning for mental well-beings of people and myself my sleeping was really off because I was always on my phone. I felt guilty if I set it down that I'd miss something. It was almost like FOMO for my phone. Like, it's odd. And so, even she said that. She was like, I spent nine hours on my phone a day. She's like, so I set up screen time. So, once I get to an X amount, like, I can't use that app anymore for the rest of the day. And it gives me a 15-minute warning. Like, she gave all the background. Like, that girl knew her stuff. Like, she should go be a tech person someday. I don't know what she's doing. I didn't hear what her occupation that she wanted to do was in life. But... I really appreciate her answer, but again, she kind of gave off that pageant patty vibe, but I wouldn't have been mad if she won. I'd have been a-okay with it. So, next up, or I'm sorry, lastly, was Nebraska. I felt so bad because I just counted this girl out this whole time, but I remember texting one of my good pageant director friends, and I'm like, you know, I feel like this girl is a sleeper cell, and when I say that, I mean... She's someone that's just kind of hanging out in the back and it's when you least expect it, like that wild card. It's like going to high school America and being one of the, you know, random states. For example, uh, high school this year, girl, she's from South Carolina, North Carolina's pageant, didn't win, went and grabbed Wisconsin. I want to say it was Wisconsin and then won the whole thing. That's a wild card pick. For Nebraska, I just didn't count her in. I thought she was going to be more of a wild card. Her question was, why is it easier to send a text over a phone call? And, you know, how can we fix that? And she said, it's better just to put the phone down and just have live conversations. Right then, our feed for the Miss USA live TV, it went out during half her question. So I was really like, oh my gosh, like I was screaming at my laptop. But it was basically along the lines of, I would much rather just have an in-person conversation with someone because it means so much more. And I was like, you know what? I like that answer. That's a good answer for what I heard of it. So then we come to our winnings. I want to talk about something different they did, which made it even more confused. If you're in the pageant world, you know it's fourth runner-up, third runner-up, second runner-up, first runner-up, winner. 
no, 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 no. Miss Crystal Stewart said, we're not doing that. We're going to tell you exactly what you placed. You are fifth. You are fourth. You are third. You are second. And then you won the whole thing. As much as I appreciate it, it just doesn't feel the same. Because you get confused and you're like, wait, she was second? But but who was first runner up? Oh, no, no, no. The first runner up is the winner. Number one is the winner. So it was really confusing. So the placements of this, which I... I can kind of agree with it, but I was really worried about California ended up, like, ending up in the top two. I don't know why. It was just, you know, very interesting. But, before we get started, take note, California and Michigan were big-time Miss Academy girls, and that's funny. Interesting. Very, very interesting. So, the fourth runner-up was Tennessee, which, after her onstage question, made sense. Third runner-up was Michigan, which I was surprised Michigan didn't end up second runner-up, but she was third. Second runner-up was California, and I was like, okay, okay, so which means you had Nebraska and Idaho left. And let me just say this again. I'm sorry. Fifth was Tennessee. Fourth was Michigan. Third was California. And then when it came down to Nebraska and Idaho, I just knew that it was going to be Nebraska, without a doubt, no questions asked. She has this old-school, model-esque look to her. And if they're going for this pageantry, reimagined, influencer lifestyle, modeling, going to fashion shows, walking in New York Fashion Week, they're going to want that girl that looks to a T like a model, that could fit into any outfit that Sherry Hill or Giovanni or whoever threw on her, it would fit. And Nebraska was that fit. So, I was just like, wow, okay, girl, okay. So, second or first runner-up ended up being Idaho. And then the winner was Nebraska. And her reaction to winning was funny. She was like, me? Is it me? Like, am I the drama? But she she was so surprised and I loved it because it was so genuine. Like, she didn't see it coming either. And all of us were like, whoa. Like, no Oklahoma, no Georgia, no North Carolina. Like, I honestly thought North Carolina was going to take Miss Antine and just be done with it, call it clean, whatever, it happened. No. Mm-mm. No, they did not. She didn't even make top five. I was shook. But let me tell you about Miss Nebraska. I did my digging. She's done IJM. She's done High School America. She was top five in junior high the year that Ainsley Vick won. And I was like, why does this girl look so familiar? Because back then she had a little bit of longer hair, so she wore her hair down. It was still beautiful curls. I love the curls. And she was in the top five for that. And I was like, oh my goodness. Like, okay, okay, this girl has done her time. I didn't know who she was before this. I, you know, I'm not familiar with Nebraska pageants. One of my interns, Kaylin Thielen, you know, filled me in. I'm like, girl, like, you know, give me the tea. She's from Nebraska. And she was like, no, like, she is the most genuine, sweetest, nicest person ever. So I dived into, you know, what did she do as Miss Nebraska Teen USA? What did she do? And she was all about words of affirmation, you know, loving yourself. And I feel like that's something like her journey has been a part of is learning to love herself and who she is and her culture. And she, you know, all of her social media talked about you know, just loving herself in those words of affirmation. She would go into elementary schools. I think she went into about four or five of them all over her social media. And she really, like, she wants to be that community girl. So I'm excited for what she does as Teen USA. And I, you know, I'm really going to look into this because I'm like, are they going to actually do community service stuff? Because I didn't see a single thing this past year 
surfaced to social media. Maybe I missed it, but I am, like, a social media queen, so I don't think so. Like, there just wasn't enough emphasis on that being in your community. All I saw this past year was driving a Porsche, living in fancy apartments, going to fancy events, walking runways, doing stuff like that. Like, I didn't see anything community service-based like pageantry once was, but I guess, you know, this is hashtag pageantry reimagined. So I don't know. I just, I was shocked. But the last awards they gave away of the nights, I call them side awards because they're like not overall awards, but they're basically overall awards. So they did the Miss Photogenic, which was North Carolina teen, who I thought she had a beautiful photo. Costume contest again was Oklahoma teen. Miss Congeniality was Nevada teen. I really liked Nevada. She was so cool, very unique, very spunky. Loved her. Really, really, really liked her. I was so sad not to see her any any top pulls. I was very, very surprised. And then, of course, the fan favorite was Miss Ohio teen, Kylan Darnell. Again, I really, I really was so surprised that the community on TikTok came together for this girl. That is amazing. That tells you what she really, the impact she's made on people using social media. So I was really interested if they were going to go for someone that had that, you know, really flaming hot social media or they were going to go for the person that was in the community or what I didn't honestly I still don't really know what they were looking for they didn't really come up with that but they did a video at the end of end of everything was over I think it was Miss Teen USA that posted it on their account and they went by each judge and each judge said something about the Teen USA that just won and then they you know zoomed out on the picture of all of them and they were like, she's unique, she's spunky, she's fresh, she's new, she's, you know, fashionista, all of this stuff. And I was like, so that's what they were looking for. They wanted something spunky, new, fashionista. And that was the big emphasis they had on this and definitely going into Miss, all about fashion. Which I get. Miss USA is an icon. She is our fashion. She is it. She is the moment. Throwback to Chesley Crest. Her and her power suits all the time. Yes, ma'am, you go do. I appreciate it. So, yes, I think fashion does take a huge, huge emphasis in the Miss USA branding. But it really comes down to the girl at the end of the day. Who is she and who is she going to be in public? And that's what I'm interested to see what Nebraska does. I hope she gets out there and, you know, does the whole thing. I hope she's fantastic throughout her year. But I'm just still so interested in what happened because my top two were Georgia and Oklahoma. I don't know. And I don't know even what system for them to go do next. I mean, they could turn around and do a UNM or UIM or IUM. They could do any of them and win without a doubt. No questions asked. But I think if they came back as misses, it would be cutthroat. So, you know, guys. You never know what happens in the future. So I guess you'll have to check out next week on another episode of The Crowning Moment. Bye, guys.